Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Hello, everyone. Welcome in today. I hope everyone's having a great St. Patrick's Day. Um, I'm here, of course, joined by my co-host, Luke. How's it going? How's it going, everybody? (laughs) And today we will be covering season three, episodes 18, 19, and 20. Am I right? Yep, 18, 19, 20 of season three. And we will be covering the Citadel arc. Yep. Okay, (laughs) you're just saying the things that I'm saying now. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, we'll be covering the Citadel arc. I know that a lot of you will be watching. Um, that's maybe your favorite arc, and it's a big fan favorite. So uh, sit back, grab a drink, grab a snack, and let's dive into this arc. Never was made it as Obi-Wan's battle but you might make it as mine. And we're back. All right. So we got a pretty good cast today of uh some returning and some new so luke it is my honor to bring in the first returning guest kier aka mandalorian hi happy to be here how's it going good good how are y'all doing oh you know just it's a great day to talk star wars i feel like i feel like it's everybody like every day is a good day to talk star wars but a lot of the stuff that we can talk about we haven't talked about kenobi together so we'll 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 dive into that a little bit a little bit later a little bit later but thanks again for coming on you bet yeah uh kira i'm curious uh when was the last arc you were on because i kind of forgot because you were on a while ago i was on a while ago you i think Um... you weren't you on for uh blue shadow virus Yes. yes, I was gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I was not a Yeah, that's right. Yeah, honored to be back. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's good to have you. And then the second returning guest, Aiden, talk Star Wars topics, aka Aiden. Hey, Hi. everybody, how's it going? How it's going good? How are you? Good, good. Uh, I'm ready to talk Star Wars. That's why I'm here. <laughs> that's yeah, why we're all here. <laughs> dang straight, you are. Dang straight. Yeah, Aiden. And... So, when was the last uh, the last arc you were on? Uh, the long one of the longest arcs in Clone Wars, that being the Geonosis arc, which is five episodes long. So, oh, not wow. since season two. It's been a while. Yeah, yep. I thought you were also on for the cut arc. weren't you on for cut? Cut. I want to say Geonosis was my first one, but I'll have to go back and look. I yeah. I just I thought you were I thought you've been on more on more recently. I don't think so. But what do Luke, I know? Maybe it's just an illusion in your head. What do I know? Through. All the days right. come together what? now. <laughs> ever since ever since Kenobi, everything's just gone to hell. Everything's a blur to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. And then so here are our returning guests. And we have a new guest. And it's kind of funny because she's not really new. Uh, she's been on some of the um, roundtables and the watch lawns for the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And she we shout out a lot, a lot of her content on her page. She is the um creator of far far away factory and and we introduce brooke aka b dazzler what's going on how are you i'm good how are you guys 
Good. Oh, we're Very doing good. good. Since since you are here, we're gonna let you plug your stuff for once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So whenever you're like ready, we always do that, and then we now always you do. Have now, the stage. Yeah, you have the that's stage. That's fine. That's fine. I pre- I always appreciate the plugs. Um. Well, you can find Far Far Away Factory um on Etsy as well as my newly launched website farfarawayfactory.com. Um, I do jewelry and clothing and stickers and some other stuff in between. Um, it started as mostly Star Wars products, but we have moved into Marvel and DC and I'm sure other fandoms uh, will be will be on the horizon as well. So go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she is doing some customization for me, actually. Um, she's going to do some, uh, her, is it your first ever pair of Vera Jordans that you're doing? Uh, technically, yes. I've done like other high tops though. So she's going to do something, uh, special for celebration so that I can wear. Cause so you we... do shoes kind of like this. Yeah, it's no, it's exact. That's exactly the shoe. Yeah. It's the all white, uh, uh, air force or not. Air, are they air force ones? Air Are they Force ones, ones? Jordan ones. Oh yeah, okay, Jordan ones. Same um, difference. Yeah, but um, I so we are going. So I, I'm pretty sure everybody in this episode is actually going to celebration. Um, so um, I this will be my this will be my second time ever going to Disney, but I haven't been to Disney California since I was when Tarzan was in theaters. That was 1999. <laughs> so, over, yeah. so over 23 years ago. So I'll be I'll be rocking my Vader uh, Air Force Ones for sure when we go on that trip. Nice. But um, we will get into whole celebration talk later. Um, but we are here to talk about the Citadel. My one of my I think it's the most underrated arc in throughout the entire Clone Wars because. Yes, it's it, it can be slow at times, but I think it's also the more like big picture. You see a lot of big picture things in other media get referenced in in this arc as well. Um, but Char, we ready to jump into it? I am ready to go. Are you ready? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know. Okay. It. Let me pull up this one right quick. All right, let's do this. If this is the episode, not the <laughs> sometimes it's a, a a bit a bit of a pain in the butt to uh find the uh episodes because I have it look up the Citadel and then it's like oh the Citadel like the Tower Citadel uh-huh, like, no, yep. the, no 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 yeah I want the 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 episode okay cool we are here <clears throat> all right plot summary for episode eighteen the Citadel captured. Returning from a perilous assignment in the Outer Rim, Jedi Master Evan Peel's cruiser has fallen under attack and been boarded. Seeking vital information, he carries about secret hyperspace lanes called the Nexus Route. Separatist forces have taken him alive. Now the Jedi are preparing a stealth mission into the heart of Separatist space in an effort to rescue Master Peel from the deadly prison known as the Citadel. All right. Good job, Char. Look at me. Uh, everybody in the chat... Uh, give him a ranking. Be honest. That was a really good one. You, 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 you're getting hey, better I, every I week. I emphasize those spaces in between. You, you do. Know? You do. And I really, really fast. And I really, and I, and, and I when really I said appreciate Citadel, that. It felt pretty powerful, but you know, <laughs> continue with the episode. <laughs> no, but, 
Um, so we pan to the Jedi meeting in uh, the Jedi mm -hmm. Temple to uh, about how they're going to rescue Jedi Master Evan Peel at, at the Citadel. Um, so historic history behind the Citadel, it was once controlled by the Jedi. Um, it's a prison that was made for a Jedi that lost their way. So it kind of uh, has like the vibe of like Vader's castle before Vader's castle a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and so here's a question. To each of our panelists and anybody in the chat, do you think you could break someone out, uh, somebody out of the Citadel? High success rate, yeah. not success rate. What do we think? I mean, I I've, I watched, I've watched Prison Break, so. Oh, my God. Prison Break <laughs> is such a good show. I would <laughs> go in there. I would go in there with the blueprints tattooed on me. So we would know how to get out. <laughs> I would. I would obviously. I would have to get myself arrested. Um, <laughs> All right, to but, get but, into jail. But here's the thing, Brooke. Who's going in with you? To who are you choosing? I don't need anyone else. I will find a band of misfits in prison, okay. and together we will break out. That okay. is like the literal plot summary of season one of Prison Break. Okay, it's a good show. Okay, Prison Break. I haven't seen. I haven't watched Prison Break in like five years. It's been a long time, and it's so good. It's so good. It, incredible. But, uh, yeah, I could do it. There you go. There <laughs> you go. Uh, Aiden? For speaking realistically, uh, me personally, by myself, I'm not breaking anyone out of the Citadel. Unless <laughs> <laughs> breaking yourself out. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't even do that, like, because I'm just a normal guy, you know, just trying to make his way in the galaxy. Not too special, you know. <laughs> Um, but if I had the option, I would, I would take Cad Bane with me because it seems like he's good at prison breaks and setting up prison rights and all that stuff from the uh, season four arc later on in the Clone Wars. So, yeah, yeah, that is true. He does have Toto, and he's very useful. So that's a plus. Um, Kier. Oh, absolutely not. No, I know my strengths. <laughs> And bringing into Citadels is not one of them. <laughs> no, I'm toast. I'm in how, the lava first thing. <laughs> I love, I love how how honest everybody here. Is. Like, like Brooks, like, oh yeah, I could do it. I could do it. And then, and then we have Aiden and Kier. Like, no, not even close. <laughs> nope, don't have that. In. What you just gotta have it? the confidence. This is very. You know, have the confidence of a mediocre white man. Oh <laughs> god. <laughs> The Cad Bane, Cad Bane Stan herself is here. Hi V. Hi V. Um, so just had to get that question out of there. Um, so Anakin has a difficult conversation uh, after the meeting. Uh, Ahsoka hears that they're going to the Citadel, and she is like, "Oh, I'm coming with you, right?" And he's like, mm, "Sorry, you're not coming with. Like, you got to stay behind." Do we think that Anakin made this decision for himself because he didn't want her to get in the way or is, was it to actually keep her safe? I think it was just to keep her safe because in reality, we all, they all know what the Citadel is like and, and even Anakin is somewhat afraid to go there by the tone of his voice when he's speaking to Ahsoka. So I think it was just make, looking out for her and making sure that she wasn't in danger. Yeah, because he was all like, you know, this isn't a mission for learning. This is a mission about doing or dying, and that's a burden I don't want to share. 
Mm-hmm. So he's mm-hmm. very much being protective of Ahsoka in this instance. And oh, I yeah. think Ahsoka had like the the relationship between Anakin and Ahsoka hadn't really blossomed into what it becomes where he would trust her. So I think there's a lot of, you know, even in the episode where Tarkin calls her a child, you know, in the one of the earlier, the first episode, like there's a lot of like, do I trust her yet? Is she really worthy? Is she really ready? So yeah, I think Anakin wasn't quite thinking she was ready yet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's fair. Brooke, your thoughts? Um, Yeah, I agree. I feel like you know from earlier episodes um when anakin is is stepping over the line of like him being too attached himself like i think i don't remember if it's season one or two but there's one where r2 goes missing yes and, like they have to leave without him and he's like i'm not leaving without like that was a different energy than we got from this episode so i, I do think it's mostly him trying to watch out for her um, mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting how she reacted though, because this is still very early on in their like relationship and early on in her being um like on the front lines and being a Padawan. So it's cool that they've as we see her progress into like a better Jedi and like learning along the way and whatnot. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I feel like it's it's like one of the hardest um it's one of the hardest conversations that that Anakin and Ahsoka really have up until this point because she is progressing, but he always has in the back of his mind, well, there's there's the accident that happened on Felucia where she got too headstrong and she she just she tried to prove herself and then it ended up almost costing uh thousands of lives and and, and this and that. So he he even admitted in that in the uh, the when sh- she gets benched the first time that he sometimes forgets her age and he gives her a little bit too much leash. So maybe it's from that learning experience to where he's like, this seems like too, too, too extreme for her. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. And maybe over, maybe underestimating Ahsoka a little bit in that standpoint, but I mean she proves herself throughout this entire arc. So I mean it, 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 it works out in the end. Um, so then from there, uh, we get our kind of our first throwback or our first callback to the original trilogy, um, because the way that they are going to get through the Separatist uh, blockade is they're going to use a stolen Separatist ship just like the Rebels do with the Empire all the freaking time. Um, and then R2 has repurposed uh, <laughs> B1 battle droids, which is, which is the comedy of the entire, the entire episode, the entire arc. Oh, um, there's parts where the droids and R2 are talking, and I just crack up. No, yeah, no, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, boss. Yeah, yeah. R two in charge. Yeah, R two. See, that's why R two is my favorite droid because he's very unpredictable. Um, so they go through the carbon freezing that we see in Empire Strikes Back. Um, and and it so when 
humans or humanoids or aliens are, are carbonized, it like it you when you go through tracking or they uh, they scan the ship, it doesn't read up as a life form is actually in there. So it's very smart. Um, but Char, um, uh, or everybody, what were your thoughts on them using carbon freezing to hide themselves? Um, I. I thought it was very smart, like you just said, but I think it's kind of funny because in the Empire Strikes Back, um, with what Lana was telling Vader, it made it seem like using carbon freezing uh, on humans was never a thing prior to that. So them going in um, and freezing themselves, it was like, wasn't it like a bit off the beaten path a little bit? But I mean, it's like, it doesn't really matter. That's just me being nitpicky as an Empire fan, but... Um, what were some of your guys' thoughts? I remember watching it uh, for the first time, and this isn't necessarily canon, but in my head, I was like, why are they in their, like, armor? You know? Because, like, Han is in just, like, clothing, and I thought, oh, carbon freezing, like, something would crack, or, I don't know, like, I just... I well, just I think it's because of um, how long Han was in there. Han was in there mm. for a year. So okay, that's a good the point. sickness yeah. and like all the it didn't really yeah exactly him and the hibernation sickness and you know thanks Jack mm-hmm. hey anytime <laughs> I I think the aspect of how uncertain of a planet is really screams Anakin because he's the kind of guy who comes out of stuff from left field like oh Plan B didn't work here's Plan X or something like that or something that's totally like that's insane why why are we doing that Mm -hmm. and another cool easter egg that i like is right before he gets frozen fives is like oh man i don't want to end up someone's you know trophy wall decoration yeah wall decoration which of course is another reference to han solo Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah even jabba himself calls calls han solo in frozen and carbonite his favorite decoration i'm like Mm -hmm. huh that's a that's a direct connection i like that Oh yeah, Brooke. I I think that um, like carbon freezing was never meant to be for life forms, so I think you're always taking a risk by doing it. And it does it does scream like an Anakin plan, like how do we get in here? And it's like, well, we could risk our lives <laughs> to get to be frozen, and because the only other time we see someone being frozen in carbonite is when they're a bounty. And the bounty hunter gets paid whether or not the bounty's brought in dead or alive. So I don't think they care usually. No, you yeah. Know? Yeah, that makes sense. So that's um, why, like, I didn't think about the the kind of, like, retcon of it at first. But I would just chalk it up to that. Or, like, the one on Bespin hadn't been tested on life forms versus this one. I don't know. It doesn't no, bother me that much. No, yeah, that's true. Um, And I just found it, like, interesting that they would do it that way. Because I mean, it does make sense if it if they're not if that's the only way they got to do it, and it very much is uh, Anakin. Like, like, like Brooke just said, "Hey, uh, let's just risk our lives in a war that we've been risking our lives in the entire time. What else is new? Nothing crazy here. It's called it's called Republic Ingenuity. <laughs> What's no, another yeah. suicide mission? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I've gone on ten in the past week. <laughs> um, Char, go ahead and take the. Take the next couple. Take the reins. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. So right before um, 
uh, they're about to, uh, or right when they get transported onto or through Lola Sayu onto the Citadel, when they get unfrozen, Ahsoka appears. And then Anakin and Obi-Wan, Anakin's like, I told you not to come. And then Ahsoka's like, well, I have orders. Oh, I was ordered to. And then he was like, by who? And she was like, I discussed it with Master Plo. Uh-huh. And then um, and then Anakin is obviously a little frustrated. Then Ahsoka tells him, you know this best master, following every order is not exactly the right thing to do. Um, and <laughs> Obi-Wan says the funny line, you're learning a lot from your master. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> um, 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 and then they were just like, okay, let's go with it. So, um, and I love how Obi Wan was like the uh, the the middle piece of the puzzle. So it was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah let, let, let's let's figure this out. Um, and once we that goes on, um, uh, they climb this wall where the whole um, it was very reminiscent of um the Minas Morgul scene from uh, Lord of the Rings where they had to climb the giant wall, yeah, or the giant like structure to get to the top. Yep, to and, the um, stairs of Kirithungal. Yep. Yeah. And um, they're trying to, f- to find the door to get inside. And right as Obi-Wan reaches the top, um, two super battle droids and a droidica comes out. And they're like, they're looking around and Obi-Wan's telling them to stay quiet. And then they walk through and then they ignite a ray shield. And then he alert- alerts everyone that the door is locked. And they're like, we got to find another way around. And then Ahsoka sees a little hatch um a little ventilation shaft and anakin's like we can't we can't get our forces through there and also because like but i can so obviously that proved useful to the group that she was able to fit as everyone else wasn't able to so if she wasn't there they wouldn't have got through the door and you know so forth looking at it in hindsight and um and then we get the introduction to um so once the once they're climbing Charger, the first clone to die at the <laughs> Citadel, falls off, hits one of the the mines on the on the on the wall. It explodes, and the whole plan is kind of compromised. And then we get introduced to Star Wars version, Star Wars's version of Christopher Walken, aka OC Sobek. <laughs> yes, yes. yeah obviously if you can just hear the, the way he talks it's very much like christopher walken i told them not not to like he's breathing really hard when he talks it's like mm-hmm. i don't know it's just super funny um and it just it just rem- brings this question up um because i mentioned christopher walken what big name actor would you love to see in a star wars character doesn't matter like what movie like if you were to pick a very popular actor or your favorite actor or actress which as a voice actress or actress or like well, more or less or... more or less like as like a character like that yeah. is, like like in uh right uh in uh, fallen star there's a character that is based on in his concept art as matthew mcconaughey so it's kind of like having like the real life person but it's the char- like it's a characterization of them. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a good question. I'd say the rock. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I feel like I feel like Wrecker is the rock pretty much. 
though. Yeah, very similar vibes for sure. Yeah, very similar vibes. Um. Also, what were your guys' thoughts on on Obi Wan teasing Anakin instead of it being the other way around? Because it seems like Anakin does a lot of teasing and of Obi Wan throughout the entire Clone Wars. Um, I, I, uh, I think Obi Wan can give it back, like when he needs to. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, after the briefing, um, Plo Koon says, oh, you're going to have to explain this to Ahsoka. And then Obi-Wan gives that smirk to Anakin. <laughs> and then when they finally get to Lola Seiyu, uh to the Citadel, and like he makes the quip about, oh, do as I say, not as I do, he also gives that smile again. So he's, yeah. definitely, he's definitely returning fire. He's getting his own shots in on Anakin during this arc, which is fun to see. One, it's also like... Um, I love it how he's just like, is it just me or is it, car- am I getting carbon sickness? I swear that's Ahsoka. And, and Anakin's like, no, your eyes are fine. <laughs> I was just like, God. And, and it's so reminiscent of what she remembers in the, in the novel Ahsoka when she's talking about the two figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's obviously Anakin and Obi-Wan, um, uh, there's a lot of times throughout the show that that book, like a lot of times can bring back that memory. So I, I would think, I, I would think that it would be one of, this would be a moment, the Felucia bounty hunters arc when they're, when they're trying to figure out where they're trying to go. That's another one that can be brought up. Um, but like, I love that little moment that, it, that those three have as well. Um, so the command droids, so they oh yeah so yeah, Sobex yeah. special unit of commando droids yeah those those um, things are awesome they are cool i love the painting on them because they're usually not yeah. yellow mm-hmm. um i just think that they're just super cool looking yeah um, it's, it's weird because most battle droids aren't like specialized unlike the clones where they have different color for different company yeah and stuff like that so and those b ones that he has are like they're the regular color but they have white the red stripings along them yeah like, wow that is super cool usually they're just they, like one has like a yellow head and that's it like to like to like give a sign that that's the one that's in charge but it's like there's so much cool design aspects of the droids now like you got the, yeah, one the only two that are blue and it's cool yeah go ahead aiden the the only other instance i can think of the commando droids having a custom paint job is from uh, the season one arc where they basically have a black sun sigil um, during the hostage crisis episode. And then later on in season four, when it's the basically diplomatic paint job when um, with that episode with Lux Bonteri. Yes. Whenever uh, members of the separatist parliament are ever present in episode. Those mm-hmm. special commando droids also show up with those custom paint jobs, which is cool. Because, you know, like Char was saying, we mainly just see them in their base paint jobs unless they're some kind of specialization like a pilot or a commander or something like that. So it's it's cool to see that the droids are customized on the Citadel because it's like a specialized location. It's not like another general separatist outpost. Like this is a place where they can take jedi and interrogate them and whatnot so it's a very strategic and important place for the separatists to have oh yeah Mm -hmm. no yeah absolutely brooke your thoughts on the commando droids 
Um, I think they're cool because, like, I feel like up until this point, we all of the droids kind of looked the same. Like, and it they were just, I, the droids are are not that like humanized, I guess, that often in the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. um, which I, I guess is to show this the stark difference between like using droids versus using clones, like real human beings. Yes. Um, but to to show that they have been creative with how they use them and what kind of droids they use uh, was kind of cool. Yeah, because in that hallway scene, I mean, they the, the the group comes across them and they they handle themselves pretty well, and then all of a sudden, uh, Christopher Walken like basically is just like, oh, I'm gonna mess with the the the, the, the we're gonna do magnetize. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades. A soap strip or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com slash holiday. Things, and then all of a sudden you just see Anakin's arm, like you just see him fly up into the... And he's like, oh, wonder how we knew that. Oh, wait. He's probably got a file on him. Um, and then he shocks him, of course, and uh, Obi-Wan and, and, and all of them are concerned. But then it's like Anakin just like, guys, I got this. This sucks, but I got this. Um, yeah. Almost every single part of the Citadel has some kind of trap, and it yes. is oh. absolutely terrifying. <laughs> no, yeah. This place yeah. is so heavily guarded. It, it's, it's insane. <laughs> like, you can't go maybe five steps without either getting electrocuted or yeah. trying to get your head chopped off, or yes. you're gonna get blasters, or you're gonna get. It's insane how heavily defensed this place is. Yeah, I yeah. mean it. I mean it is to hold Jedi, so I mean it's it makes sense. It's absolutely yeah. One of the, one of the more funnier things is, or I guess more morbid is when the um, walls get electrified. The clone that says, "Watch out, the walls are electrified," is the only one who ends up dying. <laughs> And Cody's like, long shot, no! Yeah, that's so true. I forgot about that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's it just goes to show you how much the Separatists, like, needed that. Needed that. Because, I mean, if they do capture Jedi, like, that's the place that they're going to take them. And, I mean, uh, it's, it's known for that. The Jedi used it for that main reason to keep Jedi in line. So, it, it's it's very interesting to see, like, what if the Republic would have had it? How would they have used it differently? Would it still be used for Jedi that have been captured? Or what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what would it be if, if it was if it, the roles were reversed? What would that Citadel be used for? Just another base? Well, I mean, previously, before the Separatists had it, it was for what? Jedi who lost their way, right? Yes. Which is an interesting concept to think about in general. But, I mean, I'm of the camp that, like, the Separatists, 
I mean, conspiracy theory time, right? Did they really win it? Or did Palpatine give it to them? Because he oh, yeah. knew how dangerous it could be, you know, if the Jedi had it. Or how good it could be if the Jedi didn't have it. So, like you were talking about, it's so heavily fortified. It's so, like, how did they actually lose this incredibly fortified base? I don't buy it. I think, I think there Abandonment. was some backhand. Abandonment. Yeah. Some backhand deals there, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have to wonder, like, did the Jedi have control of the Citadel during the High Republic and after that time period? Mm. Was that one of the outposts they abandoned to mm. return to Coruscant and mm. just, like, abandon the Outer Rim and the rest of the territories except for the Inner Core? Because, you know, it's... I Hopefully, during the time of the High Republic, they wouldn't have much use for it, but, you know... I we wonder, yeah. I, I haven't read like the background of the Citadel, but I wonder like the stuff that we know from like KOTOR isn't canon, but I'm wondering if they pulled some of that to like create a reason why they needed the Citadel because there were so many like dark side force users back then. And I guess as time progressed, maybe they decided like this isn't the right way to go about this. Cause I kind of feel like having such a weird prison for Jedi doesn't seem very Jedi like. No, not at so, all. So in yeah. like the and the only thing I can think of going as far back as like the old Republic, that would be the time I guess that maybe they think they would need that. And mm. I'm so I'm gonna assume that it was like abandoned at some point. No, and mm. I feel like that makes sense mm. because it's like if you look at the High Republic, right? Like all the Jedi are just like they're they're not like the prequel Jedi. Like, they don't believe, like, like if they've lost their way, they have therapists that they can talk to. They they have other people that they can talk to out loud. Like, there there haven't been a whole lot of the lost, I think it's the lost 20, isn't it? The lost 20. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. lost 20. Mm -hmm. It At that point, it's like the lost maybe, like, five. Like, there's not as many Jedi that have been lost in this time period. So, um, I, I think we could see it again in canon. I think it's very likely we'll see the Citadel as like a, a as what it used to be, um, and I feel like it's very skeptic. Like it's very like like Brooke was saying, not not Jedi like. I mean, look at the planet itself; it's mm -hmm. literally a wasteland. Like the bottom half of the the the, the planet is gone. Mm -hmm. Like a big chunk of it's gone. And I'm like, this is questionable. Why would the Jedi use this? Like, th th there's got to be some story behind it, and I'm sure yeah. we'll get it. Yeah, but. Mm -hmm. And then uh, once that happens, um, once all of that happens, when Anakin gets magnetized, he breaks the magnetizer, they all come down, and they defeat the commando droids. And then they go and they rescue Jedi Master Evan Peel, who is about to lose his second eye because he is not willing to give away the half of the coordinates to the, through the Nexus route to the interrogation droid. And right when he's about to do it, Anakin comes up, I believe it's Anakin comes up, or yes. does he get shot? I don't know. I don't know if he gets I'm, shot. I can't. Remember. I know Anakin is the one that cuts down the. Uh, um, yeah, he cuts down Even Peel. No, he doesn't cut Even Peel. He cuts down the thing that's holding well, him the... up, very similar to what Obi Wan was in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, the gravity. Um. Yeah, breaks him, rescues him, and then they find out that Evan Peel has half of the of the information about the Nexus route, and that it's with his uh, his commander. So with the help of Evan Peel, they go and they find where the others are, which they go and they find, they find a couple of clones and they find Captain Tarkin, uh, a very, 
familiar character in the Star Wars franchise. Um, mm-hmm. So when they meet Tarkin, um, what were your guys' thoughts on Tarkin as a character? You can include him just in Clone Wars. You can include him in The New Hope. You can combine him, or even him from the Tarkin book. Like you can include a lot of different stuff into this. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. Even just them stumbling onto Tarkin, and he's not—he wasn't in a cell, right? He was just out. Am I no, misremembering he was, that? He was, he was, he was in, in the cell. Misremembering that, but I mean, like, I—I I, I guess I'm the conspiracy theorist this episode. But I'm just like, <laughs> there's no way the Separatists captured him. Like, he was working for Palpatine. Like, I—he wanted to give the codes to Palpatine. Like, I. Mm. Um, but I, I did really enjoy Tarkin and Anakin's dialogue and it reminded me of, is it the Vader comic where Tarkin and Anakin go up against each other when he's Darth Vader yes. and they go to the yes. planet? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, like they they're like talking about respect for each other. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like a pre preview of that, you know? And I thought that was just smart yeah and there's many uh, instances in this arc where you get like a little bit of uh the vader tarkin dynamic oh yeah even the vader theme plays at the end there like it's yeah yeah it's it's amazing and then once that happens um the group decides that it's better to split up so obi-wan um splits up with master peel and a bunch of different another different bunch of different people and then Tarkin, Anakin, and Ahsoka, and a bunch. Uh, and then um, does does Rex go with them too? I'm pretty sure Rex. Yes, yes, Anakin. yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, they it's all go together. It's split up like the 501st are a group, and then the 212th are yeah. another group. Yeah. So they go. They split up, and Tarkin is obviously not a big uh, supporter of this because he thinks that you know, a strength in numbers. Yep. Um, but. You know, it's kind of like that same situation with Qui Gon and Obi Wan splitting up and attack on uh, the Phantom Menace, so that they can have like a better chance to, um, you know, find out what's going on and contact the Naboo. So it's like um, they were thinking about this not much as like a battle, a, a battle standpoint, but much as like, um, you know, better better odds at surviving. Yeah. Um, but so- real quick, Char, Aiden and, and Brooke, I want your guys' thoughts on Tarkin as a character as well. I think he's underrated as a villain. Thank you. Thank you, Brooke. (laughs) Oh my god, do I love Tarkin. Like, it's kind of cool going back and rewatching. I feel like if you're, if you just have like a base knowledge of Star Wars, it's like, oh, Darth Vader's like the big bad, but then you look at the actual, like, hierarchical structure of the Empire, and he's like, Vader's like out here, like, he doesn't really have his own command. He's just, like, under Palpatine. And then it's really, like, people like Tarkin that are pulling the strings within the Empire. Um, and so, like, I wish we would have seen more of him in uh, the original trilogy instead of yeah. uh, killing off his character in the first movie. Um, but I guess they also didn't know how successful the movie was going to be at the time. Um, but I think it's cool that they're bringing him back and this is like I think the earliest in the timeline that we see Tarkin. Yes, I didn't read the Tarkin book, so I don't exactly know when that takes place. But um, it jumps around from yeah, from it, time period to time period. period. It's, okay. it's like yeah. a few years prior to the Phantom Menace, and then it. Okay, yeah. So yeah. this is probably the earliest we've ever seen him, um, and it's his like conversations with Anakin in this episode are interesting because you can start to see where they have like similar 
ideals at yes. the core, but mm -hmm. different different ideas of how to like execute those. Yes. And like it's interesting to see as the timeline goes on and as Anakin becomes Vader, they start how... to like come to get more together, but I don't yeah, I don't know. I think no. that was that's a cool like callback or call yeah. forward, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Brooke, and like you said, um um about how you were a little bit upset about Tarkin uh dying in a new hope. And that's like, and that's the unfortunate thing too, because Peter Cushing, the actor who plays him in A New Hope, he had passed, he like, really, oh, he, he did really like, loved yeah, yeah. Star Wars. He loved it. Yeah, he yeah. thought and it was he was fun. upset that he uh, couldn't play it again because his character was killed off, and um, and then it's like when people mention Tarkin in A New Hope and Vader, um, like in the prequel trilogy, Vader is seen as a whole different person, but Vader in A New Hope, he's just some dude in a suit, like following Tarkin. That's literally what yeah. it is. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, even like, Leia, the, vibe, the, 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 the differences between the two, but yeah, like Vader is like even Leia even says this. Mm -hmm. Oh, Governor Tarkin, I didn't, I expected you to hold Vader's leash. Like, yeah. <laughs> Vader's just a like a pawn at this point, like, he's just yeah. some dude, but he has a power. And you know, Tarkin's that second in command under Palpatine. And yeah, yeah I do like, I do like messing. where he, I do like where he pops up in the different uh canon novels yes like when he shows up in lost stars uh mm -hmm. in the beginning mm -hmm. and like the i can't remember but like a lot of the people are like cheering for him and like they look up to him because they he's been painted as this like figure that's gonna help them and then when he shows up it's i like when he shows up in leia princess of alderaan yes because that's when you start to get the sense of like oh this guy is scary yeah, and he appears a lot too in the Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. Yes, he does. Just Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm glad they're doing more with him. Mm -hmm. Just sucks that like they couldn't have done more with the actual actor. No, yeah, absolutely. But... Um, Aiden, your thoughts? I uh I just really love how consistent Tarkin is as a character throughout the entire time we see him. And um what's really interesting in this episode, like he straight up says, Oh, no matter what. I'm going to stand by my values, which means if I want to talk back to um, Obi-Wan about the plan about splitting up, I'm going to do that. And then Evan Peel has to put him in his place, be like, hey, you need to trust Obi-Wan. And then when Tarkin's like, oh, I, I only admire people who take action and I don't, you know, put too much weight in words. And Anakin's like, dude, we just came to this planet and rescued <laughs> you. Like, how is that not taking action? Like, <laughs> cool your jets there, buddy. But it, it's really interesting to see, like, how everyone was saying previously, this establishment of this relationship between uh, Tarkin and Anakin and how, you know, those little seeds, like, oh, I kind of agree on maybe we're not um, approaching fighting the war the right way. Oh, you know the Chancellor? I'm, in fact, quite close with the Chancellor. And then, you know, by the end of the arc, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll have to tell uh, Chancellor Palpatine about how well you did on this mission, uh, Master Skywalker. And I hope our paths cross again. So it's it's really oh, cool to see will. the foundations of this relationship in this oh, arc. Yeah. Even oh, though, yeah. you know, Tarkin's a terrible guy, but it's it's interesting to see this connective tissue that this arc provides for that relationship. No, yeah. Um, and then, well, even then, Tarkin then uh, questions the Jedi Jedi's motives in the war to see if they can. He doesn't believe that they can win this war. 
because they're holding back too much. And then Anakin's yeah, like, he's like, peacekeepers shouldn't be in charge of the war effort. Which I mean, he's not wrong. No, no, he's <laughs> not. Yeah. No, but then he goes on to say that like the Jedi code holds us back from like doing what's necessary, and that's like. Ah, Maybe not the best idea. Well, I mean, even throughout any of the prequel content that you get, Anakin is very much like, this is law. We are fighting to bring order in peace instead of bring balance and bring peace. He's very much that's where they that's where the connection of like Anakin, like he's always wanted order, but he's getting it the wrong way. Like he's that's that's when you know that he's not really a jedi uh, a, a, like a truly a jedi because if he would say the words of like bring balance to the force instead of bring order then it would make more sense i feel like that that's just something that i usually notice because it's said a lot especially uh in uh some newer books and stuff like that um that he's involved with um but so then we pan out. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on uh, Tarkin's facial expressions towards Anakin's responses to him? Uh, gave it gave us it gave me and Char big, obviously Vader and Tarkin foreshadowing for sure. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely admiration. Yeah, like, uh, Tarkin's that type of person that. I, I, he doesn't care if it's a negative response or a positive response. Like, he'll just be like. He's got guts, and I like it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely him just admiring Anakin of being somewhat different than everyone else. And you hear this in the next episode, too, that he even says that he's the only Jedi there that he actually trusts. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny how, how long that connection goes, because, you know, obviously us knowing the original trilogy, it's, it's, so, it's so weird seeing Tarkin just give this little snippets of what the empire was going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's, it was just admiration in my opinion. Yep. Everybody else's thoughts. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Tarkin said what he said because he's so smart and he's always analyzing how people react to things. When he saw how Anakin react, he's like, Oh, interesting. You're not, you're not <laughs> like other Jedi I've, I've met and you could be a potential ally in the future. So Let's just see how things play out, which I think is totally matches up with Tarkin's character. Yeah. Yeah, Something that I thought was interesting is kind of a throwaway line. But when Tarkin was talking with Ahsoka and Ahsoka Mm -hmm. was asking, why was the Citadel even here? Why do we have this? And Tarkin's like, oh, you underestimate it. You don't understand how powerful it is. But then he constantly refers to her as a child and like dismisses her. It was very like Tarkin respects his power, this incredible, but like doesn't see that Ahsoka was the one who saved the whole mission. You know, she's the one who ended up getting him. At, like she's, it's, 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 it was very emblematic of the Empire in general because the Empire sees yeah. power structure, but you don't understand the 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 Jedi or the, at least like the what is it the spark of hope? You know, the spark of rebellion, like the the people aspect, the Ahsoka aspect of like she can figure it out. She's small enough. She listened to this, and like I don't know. I I found that. There were a lot of lines where it was like, here's the Empire, here's Vader, here's like foreshadowing. And that one just felt also interesting that Tarkin is smart, but he's also missing an aspect that will be crucial to the Empire's undoing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. 
And to kind of follow up on that, you know, this whole arc kind of gives a whole precedence as to how Tarkin sees Ahsoka, because of course, by the time of season five, their paths cross again. But at the end of this arc, they're kind of left off like, you know, bad taste in my mouth for both of them. Well, yeah, but uh, I think at the end of this arc, Tarkin's like, oh, I guess you did a good job, uh, uh, Padawan Tano or something like that. Uh, before the final episode ends but you know it, it just shows how uh terrible or you know just how set in his ways tarkin is because he'll completely forget that one of the people like he'll believe that one of the people that went to the citadel to break him out of prison and kind of save his life would be the same person that would be capable of going on to bomb the jedi temple and kill innocent people so it's kind of like tarkin believes what is necessary in order for him to progress his own career and whatnot like that's mm -hmm. what mm. is most important to him to make himself look good right and that's and that's why like there's also a, uh, an exchange between Anakin and Tarkin where he's like I, I you know I'm not so sure about you talking back to uh Master Peel it might not be a good career move and that's of course when Tarkin brings up the point like well, you know, I'm I'm really good friends with the Chancellor, and that's how you know that little spark of their relationship is included in the arc. Yep, Brooke. Um, I was gonna say, um, I think this also shows Tarkin's like he's always kind of not distrusted and not liked the Jedi because it goes if you go all the way to A New Hope, he has that line about like. Vader and Vader and his like ancient religion, ancient religion. that he followers or whatever. Um, so I think he's always kind of had that like predisposed no bias against the Jedi. So I like that they, from what we were given, the little screen time that Tarkin had in the original trilogy, how much we were able to pull or how much they were able to pull and bring it into this other media, especially like this episode. Was no, cool. yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Camilla's got a very good point here. Um, Tarkin also equals terrifying. Uh, it is terrifying because uh, there are people in in real life that actually have his ideals and that have his, um, yep. have his mannerisms <laughs> and have his uh, uh, way of thinking. We will say. Um, I I personally think Tarkin is a brilliant, underrated character, especially as a villain because. He uses his mind, especially in Tarkin. It, 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 if you don't understand Tarkin, read the book. There's so much there in that book. It's crazy. You get a mention of this arc and the mention of the Jedi bombing arc in, in that book alone. Um, but yeah, so that's how episode one of this arc uh, ends. Char? Hey, that's me. Anyway, I'm going to see this. I'm going to read the plot summary. You guys ready? Yep. Yep. All right, episode 19, Counterattack. Escape from Separatist Prison. Carrying information about secret routes into the heart of the Republic and Separatist homeworlds, Jedi Master Evan Peel was captured and imprisoned in a fortress known as the Citadel. Leading an elite strike team, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker rescue Master Peel and his officers. Now the Jedi have split up to evade Separatist forces as they attempt to escape the Citadel. See, I feel like that that was a good one, Char. 
Um, so we we get into this episode and we pick up right where the where we left off. Um, Anakin, the two groups are still split up. Anakin uh, calls for R2 to uh, come pick them up at the extraction point. Um, Anakin tells Tarkin at one point, like, we there's always another plan. Like, like Tarkin's like, well, what if this plan doesn't work? And he's like, don't worry, we've got this. We've all we we've got plans plans all around. Um, and then we get a shot, uh, a cut scene to Eden Peel. Uh, and Obi-Wan, they're in the, like, a ventilation shaft, um, and somehow, I think one of the clones sets off, like, the, the security, no, no, probe droid, uh, a probe droid is scouring through the, uh, ventilation shafts, and even Peel ends up destroying it, but before he can destroy it, it sets off the alarm, and we get one of the most gruesome like death thank god it's you know it's in you know it's a yeah show and yeah. um that it wasn't shown like but yeah, yeah that was um it was pretty gruesome he like luke said <laughs> that was pretty bad so yeah doors start closing obi-wan's yeah. like move or you'll get cut in half and then yes. we all drop down and then the clone's struggling and then no I then you, well, well the fact that you hear him go uh, and then just oh yeah. and hear the slicing i'm like that's enough slice one of my wor- one of my worst fears is like being cut in half by an elevator because i watched oh, it in a mo- i watched it in a movie one time like i was definitely too young to be watching whatever movie i was watching and the elevator like closes and like cuts her in half and that just reminded me of this and i was like <laughs> but you know what's even worse than that getting stuck on a tr- on a railroad track yeah okay well <laughs> I would that's rather... true that's true I would... but i feel like being stuck in an elevator is slightly more plausible unless like yeah than being put on a railroad track now, that you what is this the wild west <laughs> I would, it could I be would like a rather... subway you know new york rather... city i don't know i would rather go by an elevator than a train <laughs> Well, I mean, either way, I don't know. The elevator would be tough. Everybody in the chat, would you rather die by <laughs> by train or by the, getting cut in half by an elevator? We got to know this now since, mm. since, since mm. this is being talked about. Um, uh, uh, that's <laughs> rough. a weird topic, but I, yeah, mean, right. that, that, I mean, it's so it's it's so interesting because it's like uh, like even Peel cuts a circle through one of the doors and he looks over at Obi Wan. He goes, "We lost one." And I, feel lost like, one. I feel like Obi-Wan just like looks we down at him and goes, cutting to do. Yeah, no shit. Like I heard the guy die. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Yeah. yeah but... Don't say the word cut after that, please. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I I think you know a lot of the events that happen in this episode are perfectly encapsulated by the little quote at the beginning of the episode. If something can go wrong, it will go wrong. And this <laughs> episode perfectly encapsulates that quote because oh it's it's the citadel of course nothing There's nothing, nothing goes is gonna go perfect there no yeah absolutely nothing not. goes according to plan but i feel like this is this that's episode... what tarkin 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 um understands very quickly well and i feel like this is like perfect for anakin though because he like flies by the seat of his pants like he oh, yeah, oh, no like too. i said before yeah. republic ingenuity like he yeah, will yeah, find yeah, a yeah. way to make yeah. something work even yeah, he... if it has to get changed 10 times whereas like obi-wan's just like oh well okay um, so, 
Uh, okay, all right. So, how do the event, the the view, uh, conversation between? How do you guys view the conversation between Tarkin and Ahsoka, and how much does it foreshadow future events? I already kind of touched on that. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump yeah, the gun there. No, 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 <laughs> no. It's all good. Brooke, your thoughts? Like when they're talking and and they're having different views, and and Ahsoka just like blows him off. Uh, because she's like so un- like doesn't understand anything about Tarkin. Um. Yeah. I mean. Also, I think Ahsoka is still young and a little, maybe a little naive. So her not being able to just grasp how someone can in like something that is so appears to be really bad, it sh- it kind of shows that um, the difference between like the way that the Jedi think and versus the way that the republic might think um especially in terms of tarkin because he is like we said earlier he's all about order and bringing order and if that is a giant prison that holds people then that's that's good enough for him whereas ahsoka has this more idealized version of like what it could look like or what discipline could look like no, yeah, I I feel like that's fair. Um, uh, so like after that conversation, she talks to Anakin. He's like, "Well, I kind of see like, I kind of see where he's coming from. Do I agree with him? Not really, but I I can see where he's coming from." And Ahsoka's still kind of like taken back, even from when Anakin says it to her. At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is the source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com slash holiday. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Um, she's very taken aback. Um, so we go from that. So Ahsoka's told to, um, uh, scout out, uh, the location and she screws up because she goes into a dead end and Anakin kind of disciplines her and was like, well, if Master Plo would have told you, you would have known exactly like where we were supposed to go. And it's kind of this point where he's like, she didn't like, I, I think he catches on quite quickly that master plo wasn't a part of this like the decision but he's not a like like completely aware but this is one of them um so uh they kind of obviously in in anakin form they 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 are able to get their way out of it um and anakin ends up taking the rear to protect them while they get to the extraction point (laughs) um uh so then uh Back to Obi Wan and even Peel R two um, contacts Obi Wan, and <laughs> the, I love how the B one like translate 
translates for R2 and and he makes the joke of like oh well general general skywalker told us this and then like obi-wan just like looks over his shoulder and then just like rolls his eyes <laughs> yeah because the, the concept of r2d2 having authority over something is just hilarious i don't know why <laughs> just <laughs> yes sir <laughs> no yeah um and i just love how like it, obi-wan just like even master peels like so what's the plan? He's like, I don't know. It's Anakin's probably got something. We'll just meet him there, basically. <laughs> um, so then we go. Uh, so then, uh, R two transmits the two group plan to the Jedi Council. Um, uh, they're gonna have uh R two uh land with his uh fake troops. Uh, because at this point, I believe Obi Wan, uh, Obi Wan's group is captured by this point, um, or maybe I'm jumping around. I'm jumping around, aren't I? Char, go ahead and take take charge here. Um, so I think it was no, it was right before um they weren't captured yet. So right when they um land, it was right before they um get captured. So it was like as like they were about to go on the ship, but. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I think if I remember correctly, because um, like in the previous episode, like they're like, oh, that shuttle never showed up. And then when R2 and the droids land, uh, K2B4, which is the purple and yellow tactical droid, is like, oh, you know, you're a Republic spy or whatever, and has the battle droids, quote unquote, arrest R2 and, you know, take him for interrogation and then that's when obi-wan and evan pure like yeah it doesn't look like r2's at the shuttle so maybe the yeah. plan changed or something like that no yeah absolutely and then obi-wan's group manages um uh manages to get captured <laughs> meanwhile anakin and ahsoka run into the droid attackers but manage to destroy them with the uh move slow moving uh um detonator move that they end up teaching <laughs> the Onderon. Uh, Rebels, which was interesting. A nice little um, foreshadowing to that. Um, So, thoughts on the defenses and the ethics of the Citadel. Should it have even been built in the first place? That's that's a question. uh, Absolutely not. (laughs) If this was supposed to be a Jedi holding place for quote-unquote Jedi that have lost their way, like what Brooke said earlier, it doesn't seem like something that the Jedi would build. For, to hold other Jedi, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. and also this much, like it's literally a Star Wars asylum. Basically, like, I yeah. feel it, it, it's, and it was once belonged to the Jedi. Like, I don't know if like the the separatists like enhanced it and like made a variation to it to make it more like, um, inescapable. Um, but like, I, I don't think that this place should have ever been built. Yeah, but it is it is built and um. Yeah, it's a pain in the pain in the bottom for our characters to get out. So, no, oh, yeah. Everybody else's thoughts. Um, I think it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Plain and simple. It's, it's short, very. Short it's just not Jedi like. It just is weird to be a thing. It is very unethical for the Citadel true. to be manufactured and created. Yeah, Aiden. Yeah, I 100% agree. It, it just seems like something the Jedi would have never built, regardless of the time period 
the order might have been in. So it's it's just a very yeah. Hopefully, we get more history about the Citadel. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and like to your point, Char, I think the Separatists did add some more stuff, like traps and whatnot, and all that kind of stuff to make yeah. it more uh, of an unbreachable fortress, like all the mines on the cliffs and the traps and the you know probably all that kind of stuff. But I think hopefully it wasn't as intense as it was under the separatists before sorry hopefully it wasn't as intense when the jedi owned it as when the separatists owned it you know yeah there's there's no way in hell the jedi set up those electrified wall traps no way (laughs) i highly doubt it i will contest to that no yeah kier your thoughts no i mean i i definitely think it this sounds un-jedi like but char's comment about it being an asylum and i keep thinking about like Jedi who lost their way is what Obi-Wan says. And that sounds like a really like elegant way to say like Jedi who went insane. Yes. You know, I'm thinking like Jedi Arkham Asylum, Asylum. was where my yep. mind was going. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. But, no, I mean, I don't, because I, Jedi walk away from the order. Or, but yes. does it mean like Jedi? I would love to know more about the Jedi who lost their way. Who got Yeah, I, I think felt. you're. I think you're definitely going to see more of that in the in mm-hmm. the High Republic, I believe. Um, so back uh, to uh, Obi Wan's captured team, Christopher Walken's character. I'm never going to get that name, so that's why I'm going to call Christopher Sobeck. Walken. OC Sobek. Uh, we're back. We're back to this now. I'm I'm like the the guy that will say the names yep. for you because you don't know yep. how to say them. So <laughs> you're absolutely. You're absolutely back right. at it. Um, so they he tries to get the information out of uh, uh, even Peel. Um, and uh, he ends up shooting a coal, a, a clone in cold blood in front of Obi Wan. Yeah, that um, was that was pretty hardcore. Yeah, that, that was, was intense. Pretty, that yeah. was very intense. I don't think um, he didn't even look at the clone too. Like he was just looking at no, Evan Peel. Like, yeah. like wow, okay, cool. I'm. I mean, so like the Separatists are ruthless. Like they yes. have the capability to be ruthless, but it's like Palpatine held them back. And was like, you can't be too overpowered because you know we gotta gotta even it out, you know. Because you know I'm gonna put my tin hat on, and I already know what's gonna happen. He was playing both sides. He was really good at playing both sides, might I add. Um, yeah, he did not like getting um um inter- um oh uh, stuff from Count Dooku. Oh, um, oh no! You'll you'll learn more. Um, yeah. One thing I will say about the scene that kind of struck me as funny it's basically james arnold taylor talking to himself oh yeah, 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 I, yeah. it's like in my brain i'm like i wonder if james arnold taylor is just like sitting there and uh d bradley baker comes up to him is like oh is this your first time you know talking to yourself in a show <laughs> and, and james arnold taylor's like yeah yours which like he would never say that but g bradley baker would be like no not my first time he's probably talking to himself about maybe a hundred times Oh, dude! Yeah. I mean, think about the the um the 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 um slick arc or slick uh, episode, the traitor oh, arc. God, like that's <laughs> literally him talking to himself the entire time. So it's not like just him in the were, studio. Like, people were just like making a big deal about the bad batch, but it's like he's done this the entire series. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, yeah, Bradley Baker is of a different breed. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I just I just thought it was. Someone besides D. Bradley Baker yeah. talking to himself. In the no, show. Yeah, that, no, yeah, that's true. 
Um, R2's droids uh, managed to in- infiltrate and trick the other B1s into letting Obi-Wan's group go. Um, they managed to make it to the rendezvous point where Anakin and Ahsoka um, have gone through the... They- they've been pretty much hounded this entire time. They make it t- to a, um, a-, a gas tank? Pipeline. Which- a pipeline, which is like Anakin, what are you doing? Like, I feel like they took this from the deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith when Obi Wan and Anakin go down to the down the fuel shaft, um, mm-hmm. to get to, away from the battle droids in the Revenge of the Sith movie. Um, it, it felt very much like that. Um, we have another great conversation between uh, Tarkin and Anakin. Uh, what foreshadowing does that show, and how does it tie into Tarkin, the Tarkin book? And the Bad Batch, you think? Like, Tarkin as a character. Uh, I, I pretty much... I think I touched on that one, so someone else can go. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about, a lot about just the the, dyna- the dynamic between Tarkin and Anakin. So it's like... It's a bit... Like, as time goes on in the arc, like you see them building a little bit more trust in each other. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and... That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty much it. Yeah, um, a lot of Tarkin and Anakin questions, I'd say. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then we get the Anakin throws a charge in order to divert the the forces forces away from them. Uh, it's interesting because uh, it shows Tarkin's lack of faith in the Jedi and Anakin's. Anakin just goes and does whatever he wants and shows off, and Tarkin's like, oh, okay, he's different than everybody else. Um, there's also a parallel to where are you taking the prisoners in the Phantom Menace with the um, when Obi Wan Anakin, well Obi Wan Qui Gon and Qui Gon yeah. show up in a Phantom Menace, and then it's shown here when R two and the and the uh, repurposed battle droids try to take over the shuttle. Yeah. I, I know it's in the previous scene where you know where where the droids first them? get first yes. get Obi Wan in the group, yes. but I I love the subtle detail that there's a mouse droid leading the B ones around, which kind of implicates that the B ones are so dumb that they would get lost in the uh-huh. citadel. Yeah, so they have to have a chaperone. Just mm-hmm. okay, we're going this way. You know. No, yeah, absolutely. And then we yeah. get awesome banter. Where are you taking them? To Coruscant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have the banter between Obi-Wan and Anakin, which is always perfect. Like, what? which plan is this, Anakin? And it's just like, I don't know. Like, we're just we're just going to do this. Um, and then we see more disagreements uh, between Tarkin and Obi-Wan. Uh, it shows the quint- quintessential uh, differences between their ideologies of war and life. Um, here's an interesting question. Which clone throughout the entire series of the Clone Wars, which clone death hits the hardest for you? And I'll start with Brooke. Um, that's a good question. I have to think about it. Come back to me. Okay. <laughs> Aiden. Oh, God, there's so many of them. Uh, <laughs> 99 is a big one. Mm. That got me. Mm-hmm. Waxer is a big one. Yes. Fives is a big one. Yes. Just all of them. All of them are just so heart wrenching. Yeah, I no, think no. watching 
watching this for the first time without knowing what happens in season seven and then on words like echo definitely hit hard because we watched the the domino squad we watched that whole arc before this um mm -hmm. and then we watched most of the domino squad get killed later or we saw that earlier and then we saw the domino squad episodes like later because i don't know why the show's chronologically is yeah but we've seen we've seen both of those things happen before this um and knowing that echo and fives are the only two left that were in the domino squad and hearing like fives like yell for echo was hurt it hurt my heart yeah my poor heart and then i, I have to think about that that now knowing that echo's alive i have to think about how echo like what when did echo find out that what fives what happened to fives oh like did yeah. rex have to tell him was it rex i would have had mm. to, I, I would imagine yeah well mm -hmm. either either rex or anakin because they were there when he died at Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is the source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster, in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. They both were so. Um, Kier, you're you're which which clone death hit you the hardest? I I mean in Clone Wars, Echo for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say that, but oh, yeah. I am emotionally attached to Gregor. But I think that's Rebels, so you know. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I feel like I feel like it's, I feel like that's relevant though. He's a clone, okay. and it's a He's, death. So I we'll, just we'll count it. Yeah, okay. we'll count it. I mean, in the way Echo dies. It's very much like warrior esque. Like he 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 died fighting. He died doing the right thing. Um, and like it's it's just it it, it is very heart wrenching because this is like what the second big biggest death in the, in the entire uh like the like in the chronological order. Um, that we like we're connected to this character and they're now gone. Um. Yeah. Yeah, like like Aiden said, uh, ninety nine is a big one. Um, yeah, and I guess Heavy's a big one as well. Well, yeah, and it's it oh, makes yeah. it so much worse because all of these characters are connected, and in a way, they're carrying on each other's legacy. And when one of the other dominoes fall, not to make that joke, but you know, it's right there. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it just yeah. it kind of yeah. it it makes that legacy of those characters go away, and and people forget or they won't be remembered because the people that remember them and how great they were and how they sacrificed themselves are gone also. So it, yeah. it's just that another level of why are you doing to this? To, why are you doing this to me, Dave? Like, 
I will I say have though. Problems. I will say though, I do think that this could have been a death that was that could have been prevented. Because yes. I think this this whole arc, this these episodes are really like a matter of like the there's themes around like trust mm-hmm. and you know Tarkin not trusting the Jedi, but the Jedi also not trusting Tarkin and Ahsoka not trusting Anakin that he's doing what's best for her and Anakin not trusting Ahsoka that she can take care of herself and yep. I feel like that goes with that because you see them kind of arguing like should we split up should we stay together and you know splitting up we saw what happened between the groups like if they had stayed together maybe they had, would have been able to you know fend them off themselves Yep. and then they wouldn't have been there as long and then they could have you know escaped without any more casualties so no yeah sucks. no yeah absolutely um and then anakin states that the big problem is is that uh that it has been uh that the that the uh, man that doesn't make sense i definitely wrote that i don't know what i was saying uh states the big the biggest problem Okay, so that um, scene I, in the notes it was written really weird. But Obi Wan says that like, yeah, we have a bit of a situation here, and then Anakin says, "When situation, oh, yeah. I mean big explosion." explosion. That's <laughs> what I meant. That's yeah. what it was. Sorry. And then um, they're requesting uh, they they contact Plo Koon, and, and they request the yeah. for more troops, and the uh, Republic fleet is sent out to Lola Sayu. So yeah, because they're that, like. They're like the only way. Like if if something goes wrong, the only way we'll get you out of there, we'll have to send a whole fleet, which just shows how heavily fortified the citadel is. Like, mm-hmm. okay, if like something goes wrong, we have to send multiple cruisers, not just like one, multiple, which is just crazy. No, yeah, no. and that is the end of episode nineteen. And Luke, are you, this is the part where you say my name, and then you're yep, Char, go ahead. Plot summary, and... yep, plot summary, <laughs> yeah, okay, all right, ready. Mm-hmm. Episode 20, part three of the Citadel arc, aka Citadel Rescue. <sighs> Loosen up a little bit, <laughs> trapped behind enemy lines, carrying secret information vital to the Republic's war effort. Jedi Master Evan Peel and Captain Tarkin were taken prisoner by the Separatists. An elite strike team led by Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker landed on the planet Lola Sayu and infiltrated the prison. The team rescued Master Peel and Tarkin, but they were pursued by the prison's evil evil commander, O.C. Sobek. During the escape, their ship was destroyed. Now we find them on the run, desperate to escape the trap that is the Citadel. Yep. And we saw towards the end of the episode they were going into like the rough terrain with like lava and and, and stuff like that. Um, so we start off where we left off there. Uh, the clones and the Jedi are being chased through uh, through rough terrain. Uh, Dooku calls to inform Walken how important the information is is to the Separatists. And throughout this entire arc, uh, he's been avoiding Dooku's calls, and Dooku mm-hmm. kind of is starting to pick that up. Um, and, uh, he threatens, I think it was it in the second episode. He threatens the command droid that he'll turn him into spare pot spare parts. If he doesn't tell him another message from count Dooku was yep. received again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see walk and be afraid of Dooku. Um, because I feel like everybody's like a yes man, but I feel like Walken's character is just like, 
he he finds himself like on even he wants to think himself on even ground with Dooku, but that's definitely not the case. I love how you just call him Walken's character. <laughs> well, not that, I just I just you're not I, wrong. That's how I that's how, I, that's how I, not, but I mean, <laughs> but um, if you want me to say OC Sobek, just point. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I'll just say Sobek. That's what he did when say... I had to say Adigalia. No, I can say Adigalia. There we go. Oh, I'm gonna say it here in a little you. bit. I'm gonna say it here in a little bit. Uh, what were you guys' thought? Uh, uh, what did you guys think of the loss of clone lives within the episodes? Uh, was it all worth it? Um, when you we don't really touch base on this until later in the Clone Wars, but the loss of clone lives, it's not really a big deal, you know. But like to other clones, it is. But we don't, as viewers, we don't really get to understand like clone individuality and clone importance until later into season five like like to the like the very end um closing stages of the clone war show so um and even when the clone army was made that they're they've it's just it's stressed enough that they are considered expendable um just like how the battle droids are so it's like in the republic size they see them as just warriors that die and they make more but in our eyes until later on the clone wars they're much more human than everyone makes them out to be. Like if you watch Clone Wars, you have a genuine connection between some clones than other people do who haven't seen the Clone Wars. You like it, it's like a it's like a weird difference between the two when it comes to like why we love Captain Rex, why we love Commander Cody, why we love all of these different clone commanders, Bly, Wolf, and all of these other different clones. Um in like in contrast to someone who doesn't really care about the clone wars, but we don't really understand clone individuality importance until later on in the clone wars. So at this time, yeah. um, it's sad seeing how many clones perished, but um, throughout the middle of the show, we don't, we aren't informed how much of a connection the clones are with everyone else yeah. that's around them. So um, that's my well, Dooku kind of weaponizes that, sentiment in if you've read dark disciple mm -hmm. um he mm -hmm. makes that like big speech at this gala thing and he's like well we at the separatist we use droids but the republic they use human lives like how awful is that and like makes a lot of sense how they the separatists have been able to build such a a following because of that propaganda where like it, there is some truth to it it's not like the separatists are absolutely not innocent in how they treat other people in mm -hmm. any way, but there is a little bit of truth that comes to like that the ethical implications of a clone army and are, are they really, do they have any actual autonomy? Like what if there was like the whole, uh, the arc with cut, like could a mm -hmm. clone just say, I don't want to, I don't want to be a soldier anymore. No, they'd probably just be like, "All right, well, we're gonna take you back to to Camino and uh, and fix you or the whatever." Control chips. Yeah. So that is it. Sucks, and I feel like until the we do see. I mean, like Echo's death was hard, but like until we get to the Umbara arc, it's not really like particularly addressed. Like as a whole, like we see individual clones, and it's sad, but until then and then that's just like the audience seeing it but like char said the rest of the galaxy and the, they're not really seeing the individuality of the clones 
and you definitely hit on that in a certain book that is coming out yeah. soon. Uh, pre-order Queen's Hope. Yeah, pre-order Queen's Hope. It's fantastic. You won't you won't regret it. It it's it's a great book. Um, Aiden. Yeah, and I mean, what's also really hard to see is like, you know, in this arc, we kind of we kind of get a little instance of how um, Fives reacts to Echo's death. Like at the end of the last episode, the closing shot is Fives at the um, back of the group. And he turns around and looks back to the Citadel and then, you know, kind of realizing his brother's not there with him anymore and then kind of going on. And then he brings up the point like, oh, you know, like the Citadel is, it's like this terrain's almost, you can't, like you can't maneuver in this terrain and all that stuff. And, you know, you have to wonder, like, we know that Ahsoka and Anakin and Obi-Wan definitely care for every clone they've ever served with but like when you have someone like Tarkin in the group or you know I don't really know about Evan Peel and his thoughts on clones because we only get him in this arc I think but you know like we we were all saying it's really unfortunate that people don't consider the clones to be individuals when they are and they're all their own individuals just like how, you know, Yoda touches on it back in season one. Like, they're all individuals. They're all different in the Force. And people should acknowledge that. But unfortunately, the, the greater populace of the galaxy never did. Yeah. Yeah, Kier, your thoughts? I mean, nothing more than you guys have touched on. They're, the clones are treated like um, red shirts in Star Trek. You know, you're not really supposed to think about it. They're expendable That's to true. the audience at this point. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, so to rescue the, the, to rescue Obi-Wan and Anakin, the Jedi have to send three Jedi masters, uh, Plo Koon, Adigalia, and Saceteen. Saceteen, um, yes. Very um, well. Very good job. Uh, there's, st they're still running. Uh, Ahsoka still is not a big fan of Tarkin at all. Um, she talks to Anakin again. Uh, Anakin really deep down truly believes uh, that Tarkin was not wrong in thinking that the Jedi shouldn't be generals. Uh, yeah, be Anakin's like, he's got a point. To, yeah, be generals to uh, the clone army. Uh, Walken uh, gets nervous. O.C. Sobek. O.C. Sobek gets uh, nervous that the Jedi might win. Christopher Walken is not a canon Star Wars character. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. Um, also, can I, can I say one thing? Yeah, go ahead. Um, probably one of my favorite parts of the episode is the exchange between uh, uh, Sobek and Dooku. Um, and, and Sobek's like, oh, I was hoping to surprise you with good news. And Dooku fires back and he's like, good news would be surprising considering yes. the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, like I said, he is definitely afraid of, of Dooku and disappointing him. Um, so here's another question. Putting yourself in Tarkin, Anakin, and Ahsoka, or Ahsoka's shoes, what do you think of the Citadel, and uh, would you believe in uh, believe someone's perspective more than another? Or we can just go with the second one, because the second one, we've touched a lot on the Citadel. <laughs> would you, so like on, uh, what I think I was trying to say was um, if 
whose viewpoint do we agree with the most? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Right on the would money. you would you believe someone's perspective more than another? So like, would would uh would it be right for Anakin to think more like Tarkin or Ahsoka or or that whole dynamic? At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com slash holiday. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA Safe Pilot. Restrictions apply. I mean, I, I definitely agree more with Ahsoka's viewpoint. Like, why is the Citadel a thing? Like, it's very un-Jedi-like. So why would it exist in the first place? And how could someone admire something that's solely used for torture and, you know, hurting yeah. instants? Or not just hurting people in general. Yeah, because it really caught her attention when Tarkin was like, "This could be a very useful Republic base." And um, uh, Ahsoka's like, she just gives she just gives that look. And I'm like, how? <laughs> like, yeah. there's what use would this place be other than like maybe like Tarkin. I don't know. Um, I feel like the Republic isn't very like the torturing type, especially like using a place like this. Um, I don't even know who you would torture. I mean, maybe like a like a you can't really torture a droid but i mean you, i guess you kind of but um it's i don't know i think ahsoka right with aiden is uh is following the the right path when it comes to the idea of tarkin's thoughts on the citadel so yep uh brooke here i think the beauty of star wars is that it's all in the gray right all of them have a good point at some point. Like they're not all completely wrong and they're not necessarily all completely right. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're, it's hard because you know, these characters, you know what happens. So it's like hard to not be biased towards Ahsoka, but like Anakin has points. Tarkin even has points in his own twisted way. So all of them, yeah. and none of them. <laughs> yeah, all, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Depends on what you believe in. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Brooke. Yeah. Um, I feel like the, I mean, the Clone Wars, talks a lot about like the Jedi are supposed to be peacekeepers but how do you only be a peacekeeper in a time of war without getting involved because if you don't get involved you lose a lot of people because you're not helping but what's the level of involvement that you need to go to does that mean like feel like that's something obviously that Anakin struggles with a lot because he's like I I want to do what's right but I feel like his interpretation of the Jedi code is obviously flawed to the point where he will like bend it to his will of sorts so I don't like here said they all have their they all their have points, their points. yeah mm -hmm. they all have flawed or naive views I would say like in Ahsoka's case like she is still have this like idealized view of the Jedi because she hasn't seen, she hasn't been through what we see her go through in the later seasons yet. So. Yeah. 
Um, so then we get the, we hear, uh, Obi-Wan's, yeah, um, oh yeah, Obi-Wan's lines, yeah, yeah. uh, and Obi-Wan, of course, line from Anakin, uh, Walken's character, I'm gonna keep saying it, uh, released his, <laughs> say the, uh, OC, his, uh, at least like OC, OC, uh, <laughs> it releases the Anubas, which are a combination of wolf and lion kind of looking things. Yeah, and it's Those also the creepy. pet that Embo has. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the pet that Embo has. Question, how long do you think you would last before being taken down by one of those beasts? Five um, seconds. Probably, like, maybe 15, because, I mean, I <laughs> guess I'm, you know, I, I'm a, I'd say 15. <laughs> Brooke here, how long would you last against one of the Anubas? I want to pet it. <laughs> Brooks, so Brooks, zero seconds. <laughs> I, I would i would try to like ezra bridger my way out of it and probably get my <laughs> my hand bitten off but... good anuba good anuba and be like anakin in the just... arena just like mind trick and then jump on the back of it and start riding yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> Magic. It took me so long watching Attack of the Clones to realize that that's what he was doing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that he was like mm. calming it down to the force. Yeah. No, that that's a fun that Brooke, honestly, that's like the perfect response. Because like I could totally see you doing it. Just see the Anuba like coming at you and you're just like, come here, come here, come on. I can I can yep. change you, buddy. I can change you. I you can fix him. I can fix <laughs> I can fix him. Oh, Brooke, that's a perfect. Um, it's my uh, brand. Yeah, it is. Um, so they split up. Uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan uh, go ahead with the other clones while Ahsoka and even Peel uh, stay behind. Uh, uh, Peel gets overrun by the Anubas, and he uh, that ends up uh, woodily injuring him. Uh now, uh, as even even Peel is dying, he gives uh, um, Ahsoka the other uh, the other information for the was it the Nexus route, right? The Nexus, Nexus route, route, yeah. Nexus route. Um, uh, what do you think of Ahsoka being the one to carry the message? Uh, and what does that say about her and her role throughout the this arc, even when she wasn't supposed to be in the mission in the first place? Well, that things that the things don't go to plan, and um, more the merrier. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, um, I think Ahsoka is, um, um, for her to be the one that carries the information from Evan Peel. I think it's very, um, I think it's appropriate because I feel like Ahsoka, if it was like maybe season one and the two, season one and two Ahsoka, maybe not, but season three Ahsoka is a lot different. So. I think that her holding that information is very much more appropriate. Panel? Yeah, it, it just really shows her growth because, like, she's like, oh, I should go get Anakin or Obi-Wan. And, and Evan Peel's like, no, like, it has to be you because there's not enough time. Like, if it's not you, then it's not going to be anyone else. And it kind of, Ahsoka has that confidence in herself. Like, she was unsure. But once Evan Peel like encouraged her and was like, you know, it has to be you. And it, it, this is the only way that the information is going to get back to the Jedi Council. She's like, okay, I can take this on because I'm ready to take on this burden, even though I would, you know, she. It's not what she wanted to happen, but she's willing to do what is necessary in the moment, which really speaks to 
how much she's grown as a character since we first met her in the Clone Wars movie. Yeah, um, and this is this is right after Mortis. Yes. I think chronologically, it's also right after Mortis. So, mm-hmm. ne- like, I I think it's kind of left ambiguous how much of that the three of them remember, but Ahsoka being like the embodiment of the light side. I think this is the first time we see her taking that on and doing mm-hmm. what is like necessary and what's right. That's very, that's a good point, Brooke. I never really have thought about it that way because she really is the embodiment of the light side because of her being absorbed, the sister's life force being absorbed back into her. So that is a good point. Um, Really good point. Kier? Yeah, I mean, I was saying something similar in the sense of like, I think the force willed it, right? Like she was meant to be there for several reasons. And if Mm -hmm. she hadn't been there, they could have lost that code. You know, they could have, a lot of things could have gone wrong. They wouldn't have even gotten in. No, yeah, <laughs> you know? that's so true. I, she was supposed to be there. She was supposed to get the code for sure. No, yeah. Um, so Ahsoka uh, is carrying uh, even Peel's dead body. Um, they to Anakin and Obi Wan, and they're shocked. Um, and they give him a burial they, by burning his body, which is very much reminiscent of like old times medieval times when warriors would die they would put them on some some people would burn them uh burn their bodies on like big big piles of wood or they would send them out on a lake and they would shoot uh um, fiery arrows so it's pretty much just like being an honorable thing um but after that the whole group uh regroups because they know that another attack force is is coming uh, Plo Koon Warren, uh, tells them to meet at these coordinates, which is like a literally like another arena. Like it's literally there. There's nowhere to go. They're stuck in this uh, island, um, which I mean, come on now. Like, why do we do this? But um, the whole team is able to pretty much get out unscathed, except for two clones that end up falling from a very high uh, height earlier in the it's always gotta be the clones always always gotta gotta be the clones clones. and the the r2's droids go out fighting oh yep all for one and one One for for god yeah that's true too um so they they reach the extraction point uh just to get uh ambushed by um what's the guy's name oc sobek oc sobek uh on a on a uh on one of the uh speeder bikes um but they're all able to take out like the the because at one point he picks up Tarkin and Ahsoka is the one who ends up killing him. Correct. If I remember correctly. Yep. Um, And I thought that was a, like a big thing for Ahsoka because it's like she's we've never really seen her take a life like that. And uh, I feel like her with Brooke saying that she's the embodiment of the light side. It's an interesting thing of like, yes, she was she was still. Like it's kind of like the um, excuse that Anakin gives in the Mandalore arc when he kills uh, Almec. No, not Almec. Who is that? The the senator from Mandalore. He was he gonna up... blow up the ship. Yeah, he's gonna blow up the ship. So it's like it. I feel like Ahsoka was able to like. It doesn't really matter. Like I, I had to save Tarkin's life, um, which I feel like Tarkin takes for granted a little bit, um, and uh, also kind of holds again. Yeah, kind of holds it against <laughs> her. Um, Plo's bros show up, and I love the LAAT gunship. Plo's bros, 104. Plo's, yeah, Plo's bros show up. 
Um, they end up escaping the system. When they get back to the Jedi Temple, Anakin asks Plo Koon if he approved of uh, for Ahsoka to go on the mission, and he says that he did. Um, Plo, obviously being he says really it connected. appears that I did. Sorry, yeah, yeah, it appears that I did. Yeah, okay. so Plo, like Ahsoka knew exactly what she was saying when she said Master Plo did it because they're so connected. Because we also have to remember he's the one that brought her to the Jedi Temple. Um, and they have like this connection in that she feels like he will cover for her. And it's kind of funny because he's like, I know what you were doing. I don't approve of it. I, pr- I don't approve of it, but I'll go along with it. Um, it's like um, Lando and Tobias Beckett. I don't like it. I don't agree. Yeah, that, no, yeah, that's but I'll true. Accept it. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, and Tarkin still shows mistrust in the Jedi. Uh, even uh, when when uh, Ahsoka refuses to tell him the message and that they, they have two separate... I was told to give it directly to the Chancellor and I was told to give it directly to the Jedi Council. Now... I don't. I don't think it's really discussed how it's how it's dice- deciphered, because I think one is taken to the Jedi Temple. Well, one is taken to the Jedi Council, and the other, and Tarkin's obviously taken to uh, the Chancellor's office. Yeah, um, I, you know it's, what's it's interesting. Yeah, what's interesting about that is like the Nexus route is to the Separatist homeworlds and the Republic homeworlds, and you know we never find out if Palpatine got uh, the full set of coordinates so it could be that and like we have to think well palpatine would have used this if he had known about the nexus route before tarkin and evan peel had gotten it so maybe this was something made by a, a extinct species or something like that but you have to think like well maybe palpatine got his hands on the coordinates that would lead to heart of the republic and maybe that's what grievous used during oh, the start of Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Yeah, he, that's interesting. They jumped right to Coruscant at the beginning of that film. So he, that it could be that. I could just be trying Grasping to connect things that no, I love aren't that. there. But theory. it's it's interesting to think about. Oh, yeah. And that is going to be it for the entire arc. What were your guys' overall thoughts uh, uh, on the arc as a whole? Yeah, I think it's an underrated arc. I mean, it's not maybe like, oh, my favorite, but I think it's really interesting. It has a lot of foreshadowing and it has a lot of really like seeds that they're planting or kind of, you know, encouraging. And it's just, it's interesting to see. Brooke? Yeah, the Citadel is a very appreciative arc. I kind of feel the same way. I think uh, I love the i love the whole domino squad thing so like that part it definitely hits hard but and the rest of it it can it can drag but if you really pay attention to the dialogue and who's talking to who and what they're saying it, it it's definitely a lot more interesting no yeah absolutely i feel like people like um people are just like oh man this arc stinks and i'm like bro you're not paying attention like there's so much foreshadowing in it, and that's why i really really enjoy it. but aiden your thoughts on the whole arc yeah, like uh, everyone's been saying, I think this is a highly unappreciated arc for like the story that it tells and also, of course, for the aspect of all the foreshadowing that is a part of the arc and not only for the original trilogy, but stuff further along, even in the Clone Wars uh, and even Revenge of the Sith. I think it's a really cool arc that nods to different time periods of Star Wars, which is something I can really appreciate. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Luke. And it's kind of funny that you say that, like the reason why people say they don't like the Citadel. I think it's very similar to why they don't like the sequels. And your response is, dude, you're just not paying attention. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I mean, like yeah, like... yeah, I feel like it's not fair, but it is fair at the same time. Like, if you, I don't know, the sequels and everything else are just whatever, I guess. But like, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy them. I would defend them till the day I die, but like, yeah, I'm they just ask tired why, of but it's right there in the movie. So it's, it's like, you know, pay yeah, attention right there. Um, Char, three interesting facts. Yeah. So you guys ready for the three interesting facts about the Citadel? Yep. Sounds good. All right. Three interesting facts about a certain Clone Wars arc that you didn't know about until now. Part 18, the Citadel arc addiction. I was about to say addiction. I'll, I'll run it back. I'll run it back. All right, Luke. Mm-hmm. Clip yep. This go ahead. Back. Yep. 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 Three interesting facts about a certain Clone Wars arc that you didn't know about until now. Part 18, the Citadel Arc Edition. Fact one, a connection to an NBA legend. K2B4, the tactical droid alongside O.C. Sobek, a.k.a. Walken, was inspired by Los Angeles Laker great Kobe Bryant. Hence, his name consists of the letters KB for Kobe Bryant and 24, which were the numbers, which was the number that he used during his later years of his career. Also, the color of the droid is purple and yellow. Fact Mm. two, a callback to Jurassic Park. The cage that the Anubas are kept in was visually inspired by the Velociraptor cages from from Jurassic Park. Um, Fact three, a change to Tarkin's character. In the script for the Citadel rescue episode, O.C. Sobek was to have been killed by Tarkin. Tarkin would have shot an unarmed Sobek in cold blood, causing the Jedi to further question his honor. Mm. And there you have it. Those are the three interesting facts about the Citadel arc. Awesome, awesome, right. awesome. Uh, episode rankings. Y'all know the drill. Everybody in the chat, uh, tell us what you think. Uh, to the panel first. Uh, we'll go Brooke first. What would you rank it? Um, Like, my entertainment level, I feel like, is at a Jedi Knight. But talking through all of, like, the foreshadowing that it gives us would be closer to Jedi master i would agree i would agree in yeah this arc is definitely gonna be a jedi master for me just for all the intricacies that make up the story and um just the great dialogue we get between certain characters like anakin and uh tarkin and like uh, we've stated previously all the foreshadowing so this is definitely a jedi master for me here I'm going to go Jedi Knight. Yeah. 
it, you know, Brooke mentioned it lags at times. It's not one of my favorites, but there's some really good parts about it. It's not a bad episode, not a bad arc at all. Um, just, yeah, it's good. Jedi Knight. Char? Yeah, I'm following Kira on this one. It's a Jedi Knight for me. I'm going to go with Jedi Master because of all the foreshadowing. And obviously, I love Tarkin. Not as, like, somebody to look up to, but, like, I, I like his character. As a villain, he's very creative. And he's just, like, that interesting. Um, Real quick. Okay, so we're getting... we Everybody here uh, got Star Wars Celebration tickets. Uh, me... Me, Brooke, Aiden, and Char were all in the same Discord together getting those tickets. Uh, the the level of intensity, I, I it was like we were playing the Super Bowl at moments, like just trying to get in. Uh, all of us got four-day passes along with Kier. You got four-day passes. Um, yeah. What are we looking forward to? What announcements do you think we will get? What panels do you think we will get? What do you think will bring the most buzz? Well, I know what the first Kenobi episode is the day before, right? Yes. yes. So I'm expecting Kenobi panels, or at least <laughs> emphasis. <laughs> no, I feel yeah. like that's a big duh. Um, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. I've never um, been to Celebration before, so I don't really have a lot. Neither of- have I. Neither I, have I. I've yeah, watched right. it. I've so watched yeah. it. I went yeah. for one day because in 2019, which was the last Celebration, is in Chicago, which is my hometown. So. I went there for a day and um, yeah. And to think about the gap between 2019 and now, like the Mandalorian wasn't even out yet. Like think about how much they'll have to cover within a four day span by missing three years. Like they have to cover Mando seasons one and two. They have to cover the bad batch. They'll cover um, book of Boba Fett. They have to cover um, uh, episode nine. <laughs> like <laughs> they have to cover all of this stuff. Like it's, it's, it's crazy if you think about it. Yeah, and then there's a lot upcoming. I would love to see more about the acolyte. I don't think we will, but you know, uh, stuff that's out there that's like coming it, around. It's gonna start filming here pretty soon, towards the end, towards the beginning of celebration, actually, or later. No, Ooh. later, later in April, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that we will be getting a trailer for Andor at celebration. Yes, we better. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing. Or at least a little sneak peek, or maybe yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. finally get some news about Bad Batch season two. So. Um, Brooke, what do you think we're going to get at Celebration? Uh, I, I don't think that they're going to, I don't think that they're going to be heavily onto the like Skywalker saga. Cause that's kind of in the, the past. I think yes. they had the trailer drop at 2019 Celebration. I think that they're as far as, and as far as like guest appearances, I don't foresee any of the stars of the sequels being there, you know, to do a panel. Um, with how heavy they're pushing the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, I would love to see an Attack of the Clones panel. Yes. Oh, well, that's sure yeah. yeah. I would love that, oh. especially if Ewan and Hayden are already going to be there. Tamora and Daniel. Yeah. Tamora. Oh my gosh. Get uh, Natalie there. Natalie yes. will be doing I, press uh, for Love Thunder and Lord Thor, yeah. Love Thunder. Thunder. Yeah, at that point, probably. So mm. who knows if she's going to be there or not. The guy but... who plays Gregor Typho. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you never know. I think we could. We'll definitely see that. Um, if we don't get any Attack of the Clones Funko Pops, I will start a riot. There will be, there will be. <laughs> at Celebration there 2019. They had they had a line for all these special Funko Pops that literally stretched about maybe I don't know. Couple, uh, I I will be feet. in. 
all of those lines for sure and like each fungal pop was like i think like 60 bucks and then like right after celebration ended they were already on amazon reselling for five times the price like it was insane that's crazy but um i also know that they have um like a whole i mean it's like a it's also like a regular con so they've got different like vendors and whatnot and there's gonna have like a like a whole tattoo artist alley type thing. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. So are we all getting tattoos? Did we all discuss this? I thought we were all I getting... have a Star Wars tattoo. I'll we get talked about one. it. I'm amazing. getting I, I got one too, but it's I've like, been thinking about getting another one getting anyway. Ones. I don't know if the, how it works if like they have a a, a predetermined li- design list that you can pick from like a like a flash tattoo or not or if you can like hmm. I'm assuming that it's something like that, or you have to have a pre-established design. They're not going to like draw shit for you while you're there. No, uh, that it takes a lot of time. But I will 100% be getting a tattoo at Celebration because why not? What if I got a so giant Empire logo on my shoulder? So I think it was talked in the Discord server that we were all going to get our initial, like one of our initials, tattooed somewhere on our body in Orbish. I don't know if that's, that's still oh, that's right. That's right. I, I don't know if that's still a. I don't. I don't know if that's still a thing. Like I think we I, should do it. I, do it. Maybe, maybe. I, that's a maybe it, for me. It can be big. It doesn't have to be. That's true. I could put it on my ankle, but I heard the ankle hurts like a son of a bitch. It's a tattoo. It's gonna hurt. Yeah. yeah. Being a yeah. baby. <laughs> Fine, Brooke. You're okay. Then you're gonna be the one holding my hand. Then. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Aiden, what do you think we're going to get from Celebration? Uh, I'm hoping we hear something from Lucasfilm Games. Uh, it's kind of – I maybe we'll get something yeah. about um, like some follow-up stuff because at this point uh, the Skywalker saga will have been released. I'm hoping we hear about our boy Cal Kestis. That's Fallen what I want. Order I want a too. Fallen Order panel. I want a yeah. Fallen Order <laughs> panel. Fallen Order too. That would be so great. Uh, maybe oh. – maybe a, pro- a secret project they've been working on something like that but yeah i, I hope lucasfilm games has a presence at if this we if we get a first look at like a fallen order 2 like sequel trailer i think that's that when they'll drop possible. it possible yeah because they've been probable. they've been talking about this since the the first one came out and that was what three or four years ago already three years three, three yeah damn that, that i can't believe that's three years already um char what do you what do you, what do you want from celebration I just want my photo op with Tamara Morrison. <laughs> That's, all I want. That's all I want. If I can't have it, I'll literally I, start. I, I'll literally break everything. <laughs> I'm starting. I'm starting. I'm kidding, but literally, I'll be very, very upset. So I'm thinking if Ewan ends, if if I'm able to get a photo op with Ewan, I will wear mm. the Obi Wan cosplay for that day and see what he thinks. That's the it's only like, way I'm ever going to do a photo op. Oh, oh look, there's an order. Um, but sea otters. yeah, sea otters, sea otters. <laughs> Say about six uh, or seven of them. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, Aiden mentioned uh, the Lego Star Wars uh, Skywalker Saga comes out in three weeks. Has everybody pre-ordered the game already? I have not, but I will I be. Pre-ordered it. If like not, go do it in Brook. That would be a fun stream to watch. Start from the well, very we beginning. Can, we can all, we can all play way. together. We can literally all play together. That's a funny story because I pre-ordered it on Amazon like how many years ago it was supposed to come out. <laughs> no, and the no, date, and that's another the thing. The date has kept changing like, oh, now it's saying, you know, this. And it's like, oh, 2022. Oh, psych, it's going to be 2023. Oh, wait, it's 2022. Yeah, Aiden, that's funny that you mentioned that because the first time that the Lego Star Wars game was mentioned 
was at 2019 celebration just to give you guys some context of like how much like celebration has missed like it's insane no yeah and i think we're gonna get high republic phase. And that was april of 2019 like, i think like early parts of 2019 i think we're gonna get high republic phase two and a little bit of phase three story Ooh. of what they're planning be uh cool. we'll get a plan we'll get a panel of that i think we're obviously gonna get lucasfilm publishing for books uh, obviously, more High Republic. I wonder if they'll go to if we'll finally start seeing sequel era um, books um, after the Rise of Skywalker. I think that would, could be interesting. Obviously, we've got <laughs> Shadows of the Sith with Lando. Hopefully, for the love of God, for Chris's sake, we get some information on the Lando show because we he he I, I I need it for him because I know Chris that man, wants a photo that man, that man, he's gonna be there. Yeah, that's true too. So, um, but guys. That is going to be it for the episode. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming on, Brooke, uh, Aiden, and, and Kier. Uh, we'll start with Kier. Where can the good people follow you? Uh, TikTok and Instagram, Mandalorian. Aiden? Uh, you can find me at Aiden Talks Star Wars Topics on TikTok and YouTube. And Brooke, round it on out. Um, underscore B Dazzler underscore on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, um, B underscore underscore Dazzler on Twitch and, uh, far, far away factory.com or far, far away factory on Etsy. Go get the Kenobi merch. We've, we've gotten a sneak peek of what she's bringing out for Kenobi and you, let me tell you, you won't want to miss it. I have, I have my sweatshirt right here. Oh yeah. I ordered one. Wait, you no, got... I didn't. I didn't get the this mullet is, one. This um, is the Obi-Wan Mullet Fan Club yes. sweatshirt. I love it. <laughs> yes. Does it say hello there on the back of it, too? Yes! Oh, amazing. <laughs> yes! Excellent. Oh, Excellent. Go, go get that. Um, and use code FARAWAY10 for a discount. There see? you go. Chat, you see right there? That's put, free money in your the, pocket. Put the, put, put, uh, get uh, some money for uh, Brooke to spend at Celebration. That's Please. where the clause is. Um, Char, where can we find you on the interwebs? You or good, good people. people. Where can the good people find you on the good? On thank the you, thank you. It's that's that's, a, that's cardinal rule with me. Good people, you can find me here every Thursday night on the Pop Ones podcast covering our Clone Wars rewatch, and you can find me on TikTok at the handle Char Char J. And like, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'd appreciate that. Um, you can find us at the Pod Ones Podcast on TikTok, uh, Pod Ones Pod on Instagram, and the Pod Ones Podcast on Twitter. Um, uh, like I said again, thank you guys. Uh, doors always welcome. You're always welcome to come on. Thank you to the chat. Thank you for hanging out. And for light and for life, we are all the Republic. And may the Force be with you always. See you later, guys. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.